Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew 17. We'll get there in a minute. How many of you, we're in a series called Glimpses of Glory. Would you like to hear a story of a glimpse? Right? Charles Shifflett, stand up. Just stand up. Now I want everybody to see him. I'm fixing to tell his, I'm going to tell a little bit of his story and then tell you why I'm asking him to stand up. All right. Thank you, sir. Charles, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, coughed up some blood and he went to the doctor or went to the emergency room and they gave him some antibiotics and they sent him home. About eight or ten weeks ago now, uh, he began to cough up blood again and he went to the doctor and after a time of being handed from doctor to doctor to different specialists, they had run tests and indicated that he had a mass in his lungs. And uh, they didn't know if it was cancerous or not at first. And, and Charles said, you know, he, he understood that God had it. God was in charge of all of that, and he understood. But after they had run some more tests, they found out it wasn't cancerous, but they felt like that it needed to be removed by surgery. He asked Pastor Chris about six or eight weeks ago to pray for him, and Pastor Chris prayed for for God to heal Charles. And uh, so, is it three Wednesdays ago? Three Wednesdays ago, he goes in to be prepped for uh, surgery. The doctors, that everything is going in, and the doctor comes back into his room and says, "We're sending you home." Charles said, "You're sending me home." I thought we was going to do this surgery. And he said, there's no mass there anymore. Yeah. And uh, a lot of things that transpired. And the reason I'm telling you this, because it wasn't just that, that God has done a healing work in his life and he's seen a glimpse of God's glory in his life. But God, here's what he came away with. I know God has a purpose for me now. I'm supposed to tell my story. And so I'm not going to tell the rest of the story. You saw Charles. If you want to hear the story of his glimpse, ask him. And I'm going to give him, and that's what I want you to do, is I want you to understand that his purpose is now to to tell the story. And so I hope that you'll avail that. Charles, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of New Covenant. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for his glimpses. Yeah? Now, We're coming to the end of this series, and I'm defining glory as the essence of God being made manifest in the physical realm. God still being himself in the now. It's this experienced presence of God. And uh, I want to close it with something that I think uh, is very important. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about the essential glimpse of glory. The essential. The one that's most important, the glimpse of glory. And in Matthew 17, uh, we find a story that we'll be talking about in just a second. But most of us think we have this. We know who Jesus is. I mean, we know Jesus. And, and, and so what I'm going to be talking is, is I'm, most, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to convey to you. I'm not talking about that faith relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about the knowledge of his person. If we're honest... I don't care how long you've been a Christian. If we're honest, we know about Him. We've heard Him described. We've read His Word. We've seen Him quoted. We've praised Him. We've worshipped Him. But how many of us really know with experience the person, the living person of Jesus who is our Christ? 
Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And what I'm praying this morning is that, that, that the Father that knows the Son, would, and that the Son would choose to reveal Himself to us in undisclosed glory. I don't even know what that means, but that's my prayer. And as I read this uh, account of the transfiguration of Jesus in Matthew 17, you know, we think that Peter, James, and John knew Jesus, who he really was, what he was doing, where he's going, but we find out that they really didn't at all. I want you to look at verse 1 of Matthew 17. And, and as before I read it, I wish... I wish we could read these verses like we'd never read them before. In fact, I wish we could read them like we didn't know what's going to happen next. Then perhaps we'd get a glimpse of the immensity of this event in the life of Jesus and in the life of Peter, James, and John. Sometimes our familiarity with the Word of God keeps us from its freshness. From its revelation. Sometimes we think we already know. See, some of you, when I said transfiguration, you already know the story. And I'm praying this morning that God would just unfold it before us. Verse 1, Matthew 17. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them on a high mountain by themselves. And when he was transfigured before him, his face shone like a sun... And his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here if you wish. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. This is the account of the transfiguration. It's also recorded in Mark chapter 9 and Luke 9. And I'm going to pull from all those places this morning to try to, to, try to get you to see. Literally, I want you to feel the immensity of what was taking place. Luke 9.29 tells us that this took place when Jesus took up on the mountain three Peter, James, and John to pray. And I want you to understand, a lot of times we don't understand. My question in Matthew, when I was reading Matthew, is why did he take just Peter, James, and John? Well, as was his custom, Jesus would take some of the disciples with him to pray. And this happened in a prayer meeting. As they were praying. It says, as, verse verse 29 says, As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. Completely changed is what that word means. His face was completely changed. And his robe became white and glistening. The word glistening means it began to have flashes, flashes of light. 
as they were praying. Don't ever underestimate what God does in a prayer meeting. Personally, corporately. Don't ever estimate or underestimate, maybe I want to say, don't ever underestimate what God, when God, and why God wants to show up and to reveal Himself. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't think, well, I prayed yesterday, I can skip. You know, how would it be that you prayed and the next day God shows up? The whole point I'm trying to say is, this was just a normal part of Jesus' walk. He had taken them up on a mountain to pray with Him as they had done before. And as He was praying, He was transfigured. Have you ever thought, why did Jesus need to pray? You see, because most of us, when we think about knowing Jesus, we know He's the Son of God, and you know He knew everything, and He could read people's minds. And he 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 was He He had an insight on all this. He knew all this. He was from heaven. He'd come to earth, we, and we've made Him so much the Son of God. We failed to realize that He was also the Son of Man. Do you realize that Jesus was the man God intended all of us to be? Jesus was a man born in the flesh. With God living in him. He was begotten of God. But he was a man. Jesus was not only the Son of God, he was the Son of Man. He lived the life that every man can live. Dependent upon the Creator, the Father, the Sustainer of life. He was tempted in all ways such as we and yet without sin. Jesus went on, went up the mount to commune with the Father and to be present with his friends. In a prayer meeting. And as they were praying, he was transfigured. I, you know, as many times as I've preached on this, uh, you, you just never consider. I, I just don't, when I think of the transfiguration, I think of what the transfiguration did for the three apostles. Can you imagine what it did for Jesus? That Jesus, being the Son of God, had now taken a turn in his ministry and now he's headed to Jerusalem and he begins to tell his disciples about his death, about his, his leaving, about his sacrifice, about the resurrection. He's begin, but now he's turned and there's no turning back. Jesus has been told. He knows. He knows prophetically. He knows from Revelation what God's going to be doing. And as Jesus was praying, he had just in Luke's gospel, it says, who do, the, who do the crowds say that I am? And yet, we don't know. Here, why would Jesus need to pray? Because he was the Son of Man. What it did for Jesus, as Jesus prayed, the scripture says, Moses and Elijah appeared to him, talking with him. The two great Old Testament figures come, and that word talk means that they were having an ongoing conversation with Jesus. Wouldn't you like to hear that conversation? Well, Luke tells us, in Luke verse 39, tells us that those who appeared in glory spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. The word used for departure it's funny because in the, in the Greek language, uh, King James will say decease. New King James will say decease. 
Some will say departure, but the literal word is exodus. They communicated to him. Now, Moses knew something about exodus. And Elijah knew something about exodus. Moses knew the real one where God moved his people from Egypt to the promised land. Elijah knew when God moved him with the chariot of fire from this world. The whole idea, they were talking and conversing with Jesus about His coming departure, His exodus. And I want you to hear, the word exodus here doesn't mean just of His death, just of the cross. You see, the whole point of the exodus in, in, in the book of Exodus was God was bringing them out of captivity into a promise. God was bringing them out of Egypt into the promised land. Jesus was about to do the ultimate exodus for us all. He was about to take us out of Adam that we had been born into and bring us into Christ, into new life and resurrection life. Jesus was about to accomplish for mankind what Moses was a picture of and Elijah had prophesied. The law and the prophets had prophesied it. Jesus was about to do it. And Moses and Elijah appear in the middle of Jesus' transfiguration. I can't imagine the confirmation for Jesus as the Son of Man and the encouragement. But then there was one other encouragement when the disciples began to say, Lord, let us build three tabernacles. There cloud came in a voice from the cloud. Listen to me. Not only was Jesus transfigured, but God himself overshadowed them. He showed up and he spoke up. This is my beloved son. And don't miss the last part. Hear him. We would have loved to have heard what Moses was saying. We'd like to know what Elijah was saying. God shows up and says, no, there's one here you do need to hear. He's Jesus. Hear Him. Hear Him. So, I just had never... That's for free. I'll give that to you. Just thinking about what it did for Jesus to be transfigured. But what I want you to see is what it did for the disciples. Luke 9.32 Peter and those that were with him were heavy with sleep. Get that. The disciples were asleep in a prayer meeting. Have you ever been there? I can tell you stories, can't I, Connie? I won't tell on her. We've we've all got when (laughs) when when everybody you get that one that prays that long time. And I bet you Jesus wasn't a short prayer. And while Jesus was praying, the disciples were snoozing. And then all of a sudden. They hear more than his voice. And they begin to wake up. And then when they see Jesus transfigured and see Moses and Elijah with him, the Bible says, I love this, they were fully awake. In other words, they were shocked. They were shocked awake with the revelation that was coming from the face of Jesus and the reality of the presence of those two men. They saw His glory and two men who stood with Him. They were sleeping in a prayer meeting, but the sight of glory woke them wide awake. Listen, nothing will wake up a sleepy saint like 
a glimpse of glory. Nothing will wake up a sleeping church more than a glimpse of glory. And here's the thing. They had been with Jesus for over two years. They had prayed with him often. They had seen this wasn't something new. I mean, going to pray with him. They had seen him heal the sick, raise the dead, confound the Pharisees, and teach them with power and authority. They must have thought they knew him. But now he was talking about dying and leaving and their hearts were heavy and their heads were confused. The familiarity with him, they thought that they knew him, had blinded them to who he really was. Sometimes your thoughts about Jesus, the familiarity of your teaching, can blind you to the reality of his person. You see, we make him... an object of doctrine. We make him a teaching of a book. We make him a historical figure. Folks, listen. That historical figure is still alive. And living. The familiarity with him had blinded them to Jesus' reality. And this glimpse of glory changed all the way. Suddenly Jesus was transfigured. And that's the word I want to major on. He was transfigured before their eyes. The word transfigured is a word we use in other words, but but mainly the Greek is metamorpho. Metamorpho. We get our word metamorphosis from it. It, that, that word metamorphosis means to change a form of structure or substance. And I love this, that even Webster got it, especially by supernatural means. Transfigured, though, when Scripture talks about it, this metamorpho means a change on the outside that comes from the inside. It's not an outward change that changes you inside. It's an inside change that begins to be revealed on the outside that changes everything else. The most... Common of what we would think about is the caterpillar and the butterfly. The caterpillar. You know, isn't it funny we say the caterpillar? You do realize he was a butterfly when he was a caterpillar. He was already a butterfly. All he needed was a cocoon. And in the cocoon, there was was a metamorpho. There was a metamorphosis. That God created within that, that that caterpillar, that that Squiggly worm, if you want to say it that, could go in and spin his own cocoon and after a period of time come out of that cocoon something that looked altogether different. But it was the same. But now it is revealed for who it always was. A butterfly. Jesus had walked with them and talked with them. They thought they knew Him. But on this mount that day in a prayer meeting, suddenly what was inside Jesus, the essence of who He was, began to show through the body that He was alive in. Suddenly, the reality of the person was revealed, radiated, Not just through his body and through his face, but through his clothes. In other words, that which, (laughs) that which he had on glowed with the reality of who had it on. Our Lord's glory was not reflected, it was radiated. 
from within. There was a change on the inside that came from within as he allowed his essential glory to shine forth. And suddenly these disciples saw who he was. They saw Moses and Elijah talking with him. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Well, Moses may have been quoting the Ten Commandments. Elijah may have been talking about dry bones. I don't know. Sometimes we know people by the content of what they say. Here's what I think. I think they had revelation. And here's the point I'm trying to make. Is in a time of the glimpse of glory, God is a time of revelation. God will get you. You will know more because you've had the glimpse than what you knew before. There's a glimpse. When you have the glimpse of glory, there comes with it a revelation. As I shared Charles' story, what I appreciated about Charles' story, it was something about the healing, but what happened is that Charles now knows there's something God wants him to participate in. You see, it wasn't just what God had done, it's why God did it. Why, what God's up to. These disciples saw Jesus for who he is. And good old Peter. Don't you love Peter? Lord, verse 4, 17. Lord, this, it's good that we were here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Lord, it's good for us to be here. You know, when God shows up, how easy it is to take Peter's attitude. Boy, I was glad I was there. And like Peter, we'll probably want to pitch a tent and stay. I don't want to leave. I just want to be in God's presence. I, I don't want to leave. I just want to be in God's presence. And uh, let me just tell you something else that happens prior, kind of regularly when you get a glimpse of glory. We tend to want to build a shrine to it. We want to build a shelter that we just want to stay there. We want to be. So it's always what God has done. It's always what God has done. What's God? And here's the point. I, I, God had to come and to get them out of that attitude. God had to come. But here's the thing. Sometimes when you get a glimpse of glory, shut up. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to. You see, Peter was a man of action. You don't have to do anything. (laughs) Uh, That was for free. But I love what Mark 9, 6. Why would Peter Peter speak up? Well, first because he's Peter. But... Why would he speak up? And I love Mark 9, 6. It says, because he did not know what to say. So he said what he didn't know what to say. How many of you have ever done that? You just, you just threw it in. When God shows up, be still and allow him to be the one who speaks. So many times we want to speak up, show up. Set up. Do something. Be still and know that I'm God, he says. Psalm 46.10. Be still. After Peter says these words, verse 5, while he was still speaking, that means he would have said something else if God hadn't showed up. A bright cloud, literally the word bright is glory. A glory cloud overshadowed them. Can you imagine Jesus is there in glory and now there is a glory cloud that comes upon 
all of them. Not only did the glory cloud show up, God spoke up. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. This is my beloved son. Hear him. The word there for bright cloud or glory cloud, the Old Testament talked about the Shekinah glory of God. It's God showing up, God himself speaking from. It was the cloud that led them by day and the fire by night. God himself. And they fell on their faces. Verse 7 says, And then Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but but Jesus only. Jesus only. Those words are so important. Jesus only. Why can't you build three shrines to Moses, to Elijah, and to Jesus? Because it's Jesus only. The law and the prophets. The law of Moses and the prophets and Elijah. The law and the prophets are fulfilled in Jesus. You see, in Jesus, God wrapped up everything. There wasn't going to be another revelation of another son. There was a one son, and he is, the, he is Jesus Christ, and it's Jesus only. He is the one and only. You say, well, I just don't believe that. It doesn't matter. The glory cloud said, it's Jesus. Hear him. Listen to me. There's a lot of voices in the world right now. There's one you need to hear. There's a lot of opinions of men. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of, you can just, you know, governments can decree and all these things. Saying, but you better be listening to the one voice because that voice not only is completely the truth, but it will always guide you in the way that you should go. And that word that he gives to you will empower you to do. And that word will accomplish what it's sent to do. You've got to understand, we are so busy trying to figure everything out, and we just need to listen to Jesus. Hear His voice. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And I know them, and they follow me. Okay, that's why the I understand, preacher, that's why Peter, James, and John... John, I love this. John, they saw who he was. Listen, Jesus only. That also infers that Jesus appeared as he was before, as they had seen him before. In other words, the glow was gone. The transfiguration was no longer apparent, but it was there. They saw Jesus only. Moses and Elijah were gone. The cloud was gone. The the glow was gone. But Jesus was there. He looked the same, but they would never look at Him the same. A lot of times when you get a glimpse of glory, when you have an encounter with God, you will look the same, you will think the same, sometimes you'll act the same, but here's the thing, you'll never be the same. They had seen who he was. John recorded in John chapter 1 verse 14, the last part of that says, And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Peter, James, and John. James was the first to die for him. Peter was the first to stand for him in Pentecost. And John was going to be the one who received the final revelation from him. 
They had seen a glimpse of glory. Jesus only. The law and the prophets find their fulfillment in Him. There's many voices, but there's only one that matters. Jesus says, don't be afraid. You need to hear that today. Don't be afraid. I'm not just enough. I'm the only. I'm the only. I'm the only hope. I'm the only help. I'm the only. What does that have to do with us? First of all, it declares that Jesus is who he said he was. We have a record of it. We have a revelation of it. He's the Son of God. The essence of who he is. That's the reason he could die like he died is because he was who he was. He lived how he lived. Jesus alone saves. Jesus only. We need to recognize that God doesn't reveal His glory so we can build a shrine and live there. They left the Mount of Transfiguration and entered into the Valley of Need with a whole new attitude and strength. But there's another reason we need this essential glimpse of glory, to see Jesus for who He is. Jesus was transfigured so you could be. Jesus was changed so you could be. This same word is used of, that's used of Jesus' transfiguration is used two times in Scripture else, other places. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed, metamorpho. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, know what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Do not be conformed. Don't let this world form you into its pattern, but be transfigured. By the renewing of your mind. That's not learning something new. That's not figuring out something new. That word literally means to exchange the way you think. To exchange it. You've been thinking this way, the world's way, this way. God's given you a whole new way. To think different. A kingdom thought. A kingdom life. A kingdom mind. New is altogether different. You'll know what the God's will Perfect, complete, acceptable is. Second Corinthians 3.18, Paul said this also. He said, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, metamorphosed, are being transfigured into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. As you behold Him, as, and, and I want you to hear me, as we have glimpse, and the title of this series was Glimpses, As we have glimpse after glimpse after glimpse, and as we have encounter after encounter after encounter, I believe encounters are to be expected. Not going back to in your history and have to point to something in the past, but I am encountering. And from that encounter, as I behold Him and encounter Him, I am being transfigured. That which is in my essence is being transfigured in me. That He in me would come to be seen in more brilliance, in more pattern, in more reality. The beauty and the brilliance of who He is begins to leak out. Shine as the Holy Spirit transforms, transfigures us. Our lives become brighter and more beautiful as a display 
of the Spirit that makes us like Him. As we continually behold Him, we are transfigured. Well, how do you do that? Stop looking at what's going on and look at who's in charge. Lord, you are Lord. I know I'm looking at all this, but you know, I'm also reading the book. And the book says this. I'm going to believe you. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I'm going to believe you. And as we behold him, as we encounter him, we are being transformed. We are being transfigured. We are being metamorphosed. So why not give my attention to Jesus instead of my attention to the world? And as I do, He's doing a work for encounter after encounter after encounter. Here's my prayer. You can't imagine how I want you to experience God. Not just believe in Him. Not just hear a sermon. I want you to encounter Him. I want you to hear His voice. I want you to hear with such clarity that you know it's Him. And then you step into it and see what He does. I can't tell you how much I want that to be real for all of us. And I want another one. Show me Your glory, Lord. Stand with me. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Not what we want to say, not what we want to do. Show me your glory. God, if you would just give us a glimpse, let us experience you. And Lord, we invite you to reveal yourself to us this morning. And throughout the week and throughout our lives, meet us, surprise us, Lord, in our prayer meeting. Transfigure us. That's my prayer. We have a ministry team that's over. Brent and Megan are over there. And if you need prayer this morning, we're going to invite you to, to respond to Him. More than anything else, you've got to ask it, I believe, for yourself. God, I want to see Your glory. I, I, I abandon myself to You. I trust you. Praise God. He is the same God now that he was then. The, the, the son that God was proud of when he came down in glory, he said, this is my son I'm proud of. He did go sit at the right hand of the father, but his spirit is with us. He's all around us every day, all the time. In the situations that we come up to in life, we'll... We'll be challenged, we'll be threatened, we'll be discouraged. And if that's what we look at, that's what we'll find. Look for the glimpses of glory. Look for the Holy Spirit in those situations. He's still there. You'll see Him. You'll find it. It won't just minister to you. That will shine out of you and minister to those around you. I'm so proud of you guys. You saw a need in the community. There's families who won't be able to afford to feed their loved ones and their extended families over the holiday season. So we we challenged you and said, bring something. And y'all have provided, through your generosity, 145 meals for the needy families of Lampasas. Praise God. Praise God. New Covenant Church will be adding a ham or a turkey with each one of those meals. So they're going to be blessed because of y'all and your uh, generosity. 
Uh, a couple of quick things out of the ordinary for this week. This Wednesday, November 16th, there won't be any NCC kids uh, services. Uh, there's going to be an appreciation party for the workers, but no kids services on November 16th. And I'm really proud of one of our new ministries. It's called Yams. Y'all may have seen it on the uh, Church Center app and go, what's a yam? That's our young adult ministries. And uh, Lila's done a great job of bringing them together, 16, uh, excuse me, 18 to 26-year-old singles, young adults. Uh, that's an amazing group. So if you're in that group, whether you attend her life group or not, join them for a potluck over at her house on Naruna Road. It's uh, 1056 Naruna Road. That's going to be on November 21st at 6 p.m. It's a potluck. It's casual. Uh, join your friends if you don't have a family to sit with. So, Father God, I thank you that you are a good God and you don't change. You're with us now. You're powerful now. You're available now. Thank you, Father God. Bless us this week. Show us glimpses of your glory in our everyday walk. And let us be a testimony for you and what you can do in our walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Be blessed. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 